Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about reducing screen time in their home. Hi, my name is Melanie Hempe with Screen Strong, and I am so excited to be here to talk to everyone today with Annika Daniel. We're very, very thrilled to have Annika um, as a guest today. We're talking about screens and homeschooling, and is it possible to homeschool screen-free? Because Annika has done this, and we're going to hear her tips on how this is possible. But we're also going to talk about um, just how you can have less screen distractions, even if you're not homeschooling, even though I feel like we're all homeschooling now, aren't we, Annika? Even if our kids are in school. So um, welcome, Annika. Let's just jump on. I'm going to have you introduce a little bit of your background for us. Great. Um, Well, I grew up in Miami, Florida uh, for 20-something years. Um, Enjoyed that. Uh, Raised my family, my family of four boys uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. We homeschooled when they were younger. And uh, then we moved to DC and it was time to put them in traditional school. So they attended a school there outside of DC for about five years. And I worked at the school um, in the admission department. And um, I was a teacher myself before I had my boys. And um, so I taught lower school, I taught middle school, uh, also coached. But uh, once I had my boys, I decided uh, that it was uh, time to kind of school my own boys and did that till we um, moved up to D.C. And then we moved from D.C. to Charlotte and lived there two years. And they also attended a private school uh, in Charlotte as well. And then we uh, recently relocated once again to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we are homeschooling uh, this year. So we kind of have been around and done a few things. (laughs) You've done it all. And this is going to be so exciting to talk about your tips around this. I love the fact that you've done, you've had, you know, experience in all these different camps. And so this is really exciting. So today we're going to be focusing on um, how to homeschool screen free, really, and not using computers. And when we were talking on the phone the other day, I just thought we have got to, to put this out for our audience because I was so impressed and intrigued with this idea you know in our world today we think everything has to be done on a screen of course for school and um and that's just not really i don't know always true (laughs) so i think there's a lot of people interested so let's just jump right into it um give me just the um i don't know give me some benefits of not using screens while you're teaching whether it you know it homeschool the way you're doing now or even even less screen time in a traditional classroom. So um, let's talk about those benefits and um, just from your experience. And of course, I think there's a lot of science that backs it up too, but just talk about the benefits. Well, I'm gonna share initially the thought of why um, I decided to do it without screens. Um, My own personal conviction is that it would benefit my boys to not have as much screen time. But my boys themselves also voiced that um, during the quarantine. Um, They were getting really tired of being on a screen all the time um, and would complain about their head hurting, their eyes hurting, Mm -hmm. their body hurting from just sitting so long. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of, you know, 
that that stuck with me. And so when we made this decision to homeschool, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to really make an effort to make sure that we just kind of eliminate the screens altogether, um, give their minds a break, their bodies a break from that um, kind of format. So that's kind of why we made that choice. Yeah. Um, How's that even possible? I mean, when you're saying, you know, I agree with you when my boy sat last, you know, spring and all whatever. I mean, they were five hours, six hours sitting on the screen and they were exhausted when they, but tell us, how is it possible? Or tell us the benefits first. Well, I think um, what comes to mind first, whether they are schooling, um, homeschooling, or whether they are, you know, traditional school coming home, doing things online or, or even distance learning, is just less wasted time. I think this is an easy one for every parent to understand. Um, I jokingly call the computer the endless distraction box because there, I, I don't know that anybody ever gets on it and does not get distracted by something else that they did not intend to do, whether we're, it's an adult or a child. Um, but to have that computer in front of them um, and try to be doing schoolwork and something pop up or, oh, I just remembered I need to check the score, you know, or whatever, it just feels like it constantly drains time. Um, so I feel like when you're not having that right there as your, your main tool, then you're not going to be easily distracted. So point, yeah, that's relate. the biggest problem with it. The distraction, uh, obviously yeah. that is the biggest problem. No question. And, and, and along those same lines, I feel like if you don't have that to distract you, you really can work on the habit of attending. I, I feel like all of us are getting a little more distracted as the days go on um, because there's this constant, um, you know, whether it's social media or whether it is, you know, work on the computer, there's just so many opportunities to be distracted. And I feel like when you take the, the, the distraction away, it helps you learn to attend. And it's something that right now I'm working on with my boys is focus learning. Um, not jumping from thing to thing. I think we're all a little bit, you know, being drained by that constant um, change of focus. So um, that's, that's a big goal that I have for them is um, while these screens are not their primary tool to help them to develop a stronger sense of focus while they are learning. Well, we know scientifically from the brain research is that it's impossible to multitask. And yeah. so um, you're, you're not really multitasking like we all think and teenagers especially think they're really good at multitasking, yeah. but, um, you know, that's because their brain isn't fully connected. They think they're really good at a lot of things, <laughs> but, um, that's one of them, but you know, you're not multitasking, you're just shifting over and oscillating back and forth. And yeah. so, um, that idea of, um, focus you know, is kind of painful, right? Yeah. Learning is yeah. hard. I mean, it's kind of lonely and painful and that's what they're, we're all running from. Um, we want to be distracted. So we're, mm -hmm. we're kind of craving that distraction. Um, and that's when screens obviously are the biggest distractors out there. Um, right. So. And, you know, as they are wasting less time, you know, it does help them become more aware of how to develop time management skills, mm. uh, being more aware of what does that look like. Um, in a traditional school, you have a bell schedule. You have someone who has scheduled time for you. Um, even in distance learning, you have a usually a start time, a stop time for a class. 
what I'm experiencing here is, um, you know, it's more challenging because they are having to learn to develop even better time management skills than they had before. Um, because there's a little more flexibility and, you know, every homeschool does it different. So some people start right at the same time, you know, they might move through a schedule, you know, that they've created. I'm giving them a little more flexibility with that. And they're having to learn to, to manage their, their time. So if they want to take a lot of breaks, then their day is going to be a lot longer, <laughs> you know? Oh, well, so. that's true. And then they have to have the reap the, the, the benefits or the, you know, pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So definitely this, this whole idea of wasted time, that's definitely a benefit. Um, what, what's the next benefit? Um, I would say less time wasted on technology issues. Um, oh, I know, I know that probably seems really obvious, but, um, I think some of us, sometimes we forget just how much time we waste on things like, oh no, the platform isn't working that we're trying to use or, you know, the program, you know, there's just so many things. My experience, it was really interesting when we went from homeschooling into a traditional setting, um, very soon after computers were introduced, um, like individual computers for each student um, at the school. And um, just like with most schools, there were so many challenges to implementing those computers. And so the amount of time that was mm. you know, wasted, you know, from the administrative side, from the student side, you really couldn't even know just how much time was wasted. So it was taken away from actual learning time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it still is. And so I have a friend here locally who um, teaches fourth grade and um, I was with her a couple weeks ago. So not long after the new year started. And she said to me that she is spending about only 30% of her time and energy on actual teaching and that the rest is spent on dealing with this new platform for wow. the learning because they're trying to accommodate not only in student learning, but those who are at home, which is great. There is aspects to how wonderful if you're sick or you end up with the virus or whatever and you have to stay home, then you're not missing school. So excellent that they're making these accommodations in the school, but it also is taxing teachers, taking away from actual learning time. Um, and so, you know, between that and also other COVID requirements that she has to meet, you know, she's, she's truly only teaching about 30% of the time. Wow. Um, and in that case, you know, being at home, homeschooling, I feel blessed that my time and energy is mostly going towards teaching, you know. Yeah, because you're not dealing with the programs. That's right. The screen. You're that's just, right. so yeah. my computer's not <laughs> shutting down my, you know, I'm not worried about all these different programs and platforms and things that aren't working yeah. um, that often we say are to um, get back time or that they are time savers. Mm. My experience with technology sometimes is that they're, it's a time stealer. It ends up taking more time because of the problems mm. than if you, you know, just had used another avenue. So. Well, I agree totally with that. Um, sometime, you know, it's, it's not a blessing. It becomes a curse because it is doing, you know, where it's, it seems good on paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really pan out that way. And the other thing that is that you're triggering in my brain right now is this whole idea of cognitive load. And when learning is transferred from a simple book and paper situation to a screen, there's a certain amount of stimulation that is added 
to our brains. I mean, ours, but especially our kids, right? And yeah. um, I mean, even even colors produce dopamine in our brain when we see bright colors, and mm-hmm. um, and and so this cognitive load is the the heaviness or the load, if you will, of the actual mechanism that the learning is taking place around. And so with screens, the cognitive load is much higher than if the screens were gone. And that's because um, of the problems that are associated with it, of course, the distractions, um, the child is trying to just um, figure out the screen itself. Mm -hmm. So that takes bandwidth away from their learning potential during that session. And I know this happens a lot with my kids when they get on um, quizzes and tests and and like one of them is doing math online. I'm like, how do you do that? You, you can't take notes online, right? right? When you're doing math, you have to write the problem out. And there's something that is the connection between your brain and your, and your hand that um, really assists with that um, learning process. And then by adding the screen, it's almost putting our kids at a disadvantage because they're having to now process yeah. the programs and all of the, you know, the rules around um, all of the um, online material instead of using that for learning. Well, and as an educator and being in the traditional school, a lot of the thinking behind something like why you might use an online math program is because, you know, a lot of these publishers have now, you know, tried to figure out how can we capitalize on, um, not just one subject area, but every subject area being online. Um, it's obviously cheaper for them than, you know, printing all these books and such. But, you know, they can offer tools like immediate feedback. They can, um, you know, allow a teacher to be able to see if they're taking a quiz and test or quiz or test in uh, the classroom, who is getting questions right, who is getting them wrong. And so that feels as a teacher like, wow, that's a really great tool. My mm. question is, is how much benefit are you yeah. truly getting from some of those things um, and versus how, you know, if they were doing the paper and pencil, sometimes right. I really do question that it's, that it's really much better that way. I know sometimes um, another tool is like for different types of learners, uh, assigning uh, the ability to assign um, you know, different ways of learning for those who need it. So there's all these buzzwords and, and yes. things that are focused on in education. And yeah. I do question sometimes if it's more good in theory than actual yeah. practice, because I don't see when I, when I was in the classroom and even at home learning, I don't see in the home learning, I don't really see a great gain there. I I feel like they're losing out by not doing the paper and pencil and having what you just described as that overload. Yeah, the cognitive overload. And and I want to take all those brain cells and put them toward math. I don't want to put them toward learning how to use the math program on the the right, right, right. For sure. We're we're talking with Annika. Annika has four boys and she is homeschooling her kids right now without screens. She has been in traditional screens and now she's homeschooling without screens. And so I was so intrigued when we were talking the other day and we're just talking about the five, t- five tips or so. So, okay. What, what's your third, your third um, benefit, I guess, is around reading. So what, what's the big deal with, um, 
read, how, how does it change when you take the screen away? Cause you can read on a screen, right? right. And, well, this is one of my favorite benefits. Um, and one of, you know, the things that was most difficult when we went from homeschooling when they were younger to a traditional classroom. My oldest who just graduated high school and is now in college, uh, he was an avid reader his whole growing up years. And then we went into traditional school and he didn't read a book for six months because he was kind of what you just described, that cognitive overload, dealing with all that he needed to learn and how to um, do the work in a different way. So he didn't really have extra time, nor did he, you know, have the energy to, to read anymore. That was very disappointing to me because I do know the benefits of, of reading. Um, after a while, he got back to reading and, and voraciously reads still. But the benefit is that, you know, there's lots of science behind it and you can definitely speak to this, you know, the research and, and how it's documented the difference of reading an actual text versus a screen. But I'll tell you um, one specific um, example of that. Um, I used to help in the learning center and, um, and help students who needed uh, some assistance with study skills. And one of the things that is different is when you're reading a book, um, and you're looking at a book and there's a text box up here and there's a, you know, colorful picture of a sailboat to, you know, demonstrate what they're talking about. And there's different things on that page. Your brain takes a picture of that. That's actually, you know, just like how children learn to read. They are taking a picture of a word, group of letters that make up a word. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you are scrolling through a screen, whether it's on your phone or, you know, on a computer, you don't have any stoppage points. You don't have a place where, oh, the page turned. I can vividly remember studying for tests in high school and, and going, oh yeah, the answer was at the top right corner. I remember because it was written kind of messy, yeah. right? Oh yeah, it's right there. And I could visualize the answer. You know, that is, especially for visual learners, you are taking away their best ability to learn when you are taking away textbooks and actual beginning and endings yeah. when we're looking at a continual screen. So yeah. the benefit of not being on screens all day, that's just a small technical one. Um, but reading an actual book um, that you feel and that you touch, um, our bodies are made, you know, to be, uh, you know, kinesthetic, touching, tactile, you know, and when you're taking away one of those things, just like how in COVID, we're taking away people's expressions, we're taking away things, those are all part of the whole picture. And so with reading, you're taking away part of the touch and the feel and the turning of the pages. And what may seem as insignificant is very significant to the brain. Right. You know, understanding. Yeah, and this is stuff that we don't really know. I mean, research is, I, I mean, we know in the sense that research is coming in to say that book reading is always better than screen reading, hands down, but we don't see yet the damage that's being done over a generation of kids that haven't been brought up, you know, with traditional reading. And there's also something that happens when you have a textbook, um, you know, as opposed to a screen, you, you, like you said, you feel it, you smell it, you see it, you know, it's all your senses are engaged. And the, the very idea of taking your book and sitting on the couch or sitting on the porch 
and, and it's, it kind of transforms your, um, your brain into thinking, okay, we're in a different mode now. Right. Now we're going to learn, we're going to concentrate. But when we're on a screen, for most kids, screens are entertaining, right? That's where they get all their entertainment. So it's super hard to transition to, okay, now I'm going to focus and I'm going to read my history book online. It right. doesn't. And for long periods, because they're not used to doing anything for long periods on a screen. It is a quick changing of the screen. So what you just said, I do think it's hard for the mind to get focused when they're looking at a screen the same way with a book. They just don't associate that. Um, and yeah, I feel like the study habits are better, um, when there's, there's paper and, and, and so when you talk about this as a benefit of, um, homeschooling, how is it, how is it benefit and what can we do, you know, because I'm not homeschooling my kids. I'm obviously they're in traditional school, but, but I also find myself talking to the teachers requesting, and now the boys are old enough. They can do it themselves. They get the textbooks. They bring the textbooks home. I tell them whenever you can do it on, on textbook, you know, do everything on a textbook. If you can, right. um, if you have to turn in your homework online, that's fine, but transfer as much off that screen. So for parents who are listening, who are not able to homeschool, um, which my hat is off to everybody who does. It. I think that's the most fascinating, amazing thing. Um, I think my kids are much safer in traditional school. <laughs> I don't think I would be, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not willing to try it yet, but, um, but I do, uh, I do have them read a lot. And, and I know you and I were talking about how even if you have traditional school going on, it doesn't mean that you're not a homeschooler. I am a homeschooler. I do. I do teach them a lot in the coming, you know, as we come and go from activities and in the car, we're constantly talking about um, stuff and learning things and looking up things. And they're asking me questions all the time. Um, so we're in that mode. All, so in, in that sense, I am. You well, know, yeah. And I think you're making a great point because I think parents forget that really learning is an atmosphere that you create it's not a place and so kind of like when you talk about church or something you know and and being a believer you don't you're not only a a, a christian when you go to the church building you're not only a learner when you go to the school building mm -hmm. you are you can be a lifelong learner wherever you are. And I think first that starts as a parent modeling that, modeling your fascination with the life right. around you, God's creation, you know, you know, me stopping and looking at this plant and, you know, just ooing and aahing over it. My kid might be like, come on, mom. But what they're learning from that is there's something worth stopping for. And even this adult who I think, you know, probably knows a lot, they're, they're yeah. even right yeah. now. So we can model learning for them, which I think is very important. Um, but then just creating that atmosphere in our homes. Um, even when we were in traditional school, uh, you know, maybe it's the teacher in me, maybe it's the homeschooling, you know, in me, I don't know, but we would listen to uh, stories to and from school. All the years that we went to traditional yeah. school, we listened to all kinds of audio stories. We would listen to the life of the composers. None of my kids are, are even musically inclined, but I know well enough that that's something worth appreciating. Mm. So, you know, we, we would listen to classical music and the life of the composers and things like that. Um, we would read stories as a family together. And I know sometimes it's harder when your kids are on a traditional schedule because you feel like they've already gotten a lot of 
you know, yeah. education today. Yeah. They've yeah. already listened to a lot of reading. Um, you have a lot to do, but you know, there's something very valuable in sharing a story together. It's a shared yes. experience, just like going um, to a special place together. It's something you share together. Um, I'll give you an example. During quarantine, we listened to a book um, together, uh, the same kind of different as me. It was fabulous. My kids would say, when are we going to listen to the story? You know, it, they typically start off with the, the story time. You know, they'd rather be watching the Braves. But yeah. once you get them hooked, you know, yes. a great story in and of itself is going to draw you back. So, you know, they would say, can we go listen to it like out in the tent? Cause we were trying to come up with all kinds of things to do during quarantine that were different. So yeah. we go, you know, take the extension cord, go out into the tent, listen to the story in the tent, but they wanted to hear it. Yeah. Um, and so I think yeah. just creating um, lifelong learners, if they don't love to read, then one of the ways you have them love books is listen to audio stories together. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fabulous. And we're going to do a whole show on reading because I love this whole thing. And this is what happens when you start taking screens away. Your kids start reading more. And there's yeah. so many benefits to that because you take that distracting kind of obstacle away. So and give us a couple more. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But the only way they're going to also increase their, their reading levels and their strength. I do have one who has um, some struggles in that area and that's always going to be his challenge. He has some processing issues. So the only way he's going to become a better reader is to read more. And right. I think sometimes parents aren't quite sure what is that, you know, but just simply reading more will do it. And that same son right now has read more books in the last few weeks than I can even count because he has the time yeah. Um, and he's reading the book Gifted Hands by Ben Carson. And Ben Carson's story, I love it because he came in here and told me this the other day, is that he was the worst reader in his grade. I believe it was fifth grade. Wow. Uh, just could not read. His mom then, who was a single mom with two boys, said, you are going to read a book a week. And that's, that was her requirement. You are going to read a book a week. By the end of that school year, he was the best reader in the whole grade. Exactly. Simply by reading. So <laughs> that tells us, that tells us right there. And he can't, you know, went on to be, you know, a famous surgeon and, you know, very yeah. well figure if you don't know who Ben Carson yeah. is. But just, you know, that is encouragement to us that reading is yeah. really that important. And the way you improve it is by reading more. Right. No. And that's the one thing that I was so intrigued when, when you mentioned this to me the other day that you were doing homeschool with no screens, I immediately thought your kids are going to have so much more time to read. You know, I mean, that was the very first thing that came into my head because our boys like to read too, but they're in school for so many hours. And by the time they come home and they do their sports, you know, it's just harder to get it all in. But we know that reading sets them on the trajectory for success. I mean, the, the, there's a huge difference between readers and non-readers. Um, and I, I don't mean non-readers in the sense that your kids don't know how to read. I mean that they're not reading at right. least 30 more or 30 or more minutes a day. That's sort of the. And 30 or more minutes of something they choose is a very different thing than 30 minutes then, of assigned reading. Than reading the history book. Yeah. yeah. That they don't want to read. So we've, we've got a couple more benefits. I know one of the other benefits you were talking to me about was just this battle over computer time is just gone, right? Because yeah. obviously if there's no, if there's not, if the computer isn't in the mix, then um, this is, this is just 
worth it right here. <laughs> it is because I cannot tell you um, how much I dislike right. that whole exchange. Um, I think it helps a parent avoid, yes, unnecessary battles over how much time, um, but also just unnecessary decision making as to whether that's okay or that's not okay or how long. Um, but I remember during the quarantine, especially, okay, they all had to be on a, a computer. Um, but then, you know, you don't know when little Johnny is finished with his, whatever he's assigned and he's off to doing something else. Right. Right. And you so, keep track you know, it. with yeah. four kids, there was no way to monitor that. Right. There was no way to constantly be aware. And, and they all did their work where we were, but you know, even in homeschooling or homework time, there is no way to monitor the constant flow of whether they're doing what they're supposed to do or off to something else. And so what I would uh, recommend to parents, whether you're homeschooling, whether you are, you know, observing during homework time for traditional school is kind of like what you mentioned before, whatever they can do um, on regular paper, pencil, in their textbooks, um, do that all first, you know, mm -hmm. take care of all of that first. And then if there is something they must do, save it to the end and you be somewhere nearby. Cause it's mm. not, it's not even realistic to say that you're going to sit there, their whole two hours of homework and make sure they're not off playing, you know, games. But yeah. if you limit it to just the end and that's a time that you come and sit down with a book next to them or, or whatever, plan your grocery right. list then it's probably more doable and they're likely to stay on task. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. what I would recommend. Um, but yes, if you can decrease the battles and increase the peace in your home yes. by simply removing that item for a time, maybe you only um, say from this time to this time is when the computer comes out for these needs. That mm -hmm. also would help if you put a a specific time because then you don't have to sit there and gauge the time and watch the clock and argue. No, there has to be the boundaries well. around it. Yeah. And that's what we say here that you've got this amount of time and when you're done, the lids are closed and I collect them and that's what we do. And then that's why you want as much on reading your history book on your real textbook, you know, um, instead of trying to read it online and all that. We try to move everything off and p teachers are very accommodating for this, and, you know, um, and I think you'd be surprised how much you can really um, go offline with your. Yeah. And I do think teachers will accommodate if you ask yeah. um, for the, you know, textbook version yeah. or you ask, is there another way he can do this assignment? I, I do think most teachers will accommodate that simply because we are very aware in this day and time of different learning yes. styles and trying to meet people's needs. So. I think they're willing to do that. If you say, my son really has a hard time staying on task and focusing and it would just help him, they're usually right. going to accommodate that. Right. So, so we've got that um, just the benefits of, of using no screens during your homeschool um, curriculum here um, are that there's less distractions, there's more focus, um, there's obviously more reading. Um, I'm just in summary here. What were the other ones? There, there's less more time. wasted time on technology. Less wasted time, um, less conflicts. Yes. <laughs> less arguments around how much time on screens. Is there any other benefit that you can um, add to that list? Yeah, I would say this might be my personal favorite. It's hard to choose one because honestly, all of these benefits are very helpful in so many ways. But I would say probably um, 
that having being able to give them a more personal education rather than the impersonal nature of screens is mm -hmm. a huge benefit. Um, kind of back to what we were talking about. Um, Making that, it more real. Yes, yeah. you know, just like a book is something you feel and touch and you use your senses. I feel like the same is true. When I can sit down next to my child and read something with them and have a dialogue, um, that is way more personal. I can also um, respond to the specific situation differently than if it's, you know, a whole group or it's a screen or someone who can, who's very limited. You know, obviously during quarantine, we saw that a lot. Um, and bless the teacher's hearts. They were trying to just figure it all out and make it work as best as possible, mm -hmm. but it becomes more impersonal, of course. Um, and they hated it. I know, I know teachers, you know, just missed having those kids right there in front of them so they could respond to them and help them in, in the ways they needed. Um, but I would say that's one of my favorite reasons of mm -hmm. homeschooling and doing it off line because you know in our homeschool the way we've we've done it this year is I, I so I just to make it clear I have a 10th grader a ninth grader and a seventh grader at home like I mentioned my older one just graduated um, but some subject areas they are doing independently some we are doing together all three of those age groups together mm -hmm. and some they are doing one-on-one -on -one with me so it's a nice um, kind of mix throughout their day um, which also makes it a little more challenging for me <laughs> and them and their time management, right? Um, but it is something we are all being stretched to do. Um, but it allows for um, more natural learning to occur. And, um, you know, they have to respond to me. I have to respond to them. Lots of interaction. I can, you know, use teachable moments. You know, I, I don't always have everything prepared, but just as parents we do and, and can do naturally, you kind of take advantage of a teachable moment. Um, because I'm not on someone else's clock, you know, if we get into a really great discussion about something, and that means uh, the health, you know, lesson goes way longer, mm -hmm. then it goes longer. And that's yeah. the beauty of that. Um, yeah. But I, I appreciate being able to have that personal touch with them. Um, and also requiring some of that from them, like, they have to narrate things back to me. They have to kind of like we're talking about that comprehension. I want to know what they're getting. So in a, you know, online version, maybe sometimes even a traditional class, you know, someone back there may be zoned out. They don't get that luxury, like, because right. I'm keeping them on task and I'm, you know, I'm right. interacting with them. Right. Um, so anyway, that to me is, is really important um, and a real benefit of, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, because the screen is very impersonal, you know, and I, and I know that it can be a good tool. So we're not saying that all screens are bad. And I'm sure that there's um, a lot of folks out there that have a lot of success with certain things. But I think it's very intriguing to think about the concept of, you know, schooling without screens and just see how that goes for you, especially, especially in this day and age. Um, and Anna, you did a great less. Maybe, maybe they're taking a, a class right. or two online and you are, you know, dialogue and engaging them on certain subject yeah. matters. Like even, even having some of that is very beneficial to them. Yes. You know, even if you yeah. can't do it all, you know, some people have all. who has 10 kids and she can't yeah. <laughs> engage 10 oh. kids, you know, or maybe you have special needs in your home, special right. needs for each learner. So it's not, um, 
yeah, it's it's not it doesn't work the same for everyone. No, and it doesn't have to be all it doesn't have to be all or or nothing. But I I just um I think as much as you can can get back on real paper and real books, you know, it's going to be a good break for your kids. It's going to be an easier experience for them all the way around. And, and some things, you know, obviously have to be, if you're in traditional school, you have to turn things in online and whatever. So, um, so, okay, well, we got to wrap up, but let's just give some tips. What, what are some, um, well, I'll just start with some resources on our site. If you go to our website under our resource tab, there are, there's a whole section under stats and research. And at the bottom of that, we have this, all these statistics on school screens. And um, there's a section on there for educators as well to try to kind of help balance it a little bit better. So that's, that's that. But what, um, if, if there's a mom out there who's very interested in your um, homeschool curriculum, for example, like, do you mind sharing what you use? Or we don't sure. have to spend a whole lot of time on this, but like, how, how are you finding these offline curriculums? Yeah, um, I would say a great resource is something called 100 Top Picks for Homeschool Curriculum by Kathy Duffy. There is a print version, but everything is online now. So back in the day, I had her book, but recently I went back on there and looked through it and they're all online. So okay. very helpful, gives a very detailed description of what the curriculum is even like. Okay. Um, so I think for someone who's trying to find some help, that is a great starting point. Um, for science, I really highly, I'm not a science person. So I will say that up front, that is probably my weakest area. Um, but Apologia Science does an amazing job of, um, from elementary all the way up, uh, the way that curriculum is designed is, is, is so the, the learner can be independent, the way that it's laid out with the student book and the textbook. I'm actually doing um, a lot of that with my kids, but it is made so that you can do it independently. Okay. Um, and, and it's just very well thought out. So especially online, like you don't have to have, it's not online. You order these books and, and a student book and experiments and everything It's really well done. So we're doing chemistry, biology, seventh grade, general science and health and nutrition. And just the format, my kids are really appreciating the format has a schedule in the front. So that that's another point is, you know, you're scheduling and trying to decide all that you're going to teach for the next week they do a great job of saying, here's what you should do day one, day two, breaking it down for you so you know about how much to do. So very helpful. Um, Math, we use some traditional um, publishers like McDougall, Littell. So those are used in a lot of schools. Uh, We find it to be sufficient. Um, For literature, um, I would suggest, I I do believe this is on the website, but um, three great books for parents to find great literature are Honey for a Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt, Read for the Heart by Sarah Clarkson, and Who Should We Then Read by Jan Bloom. I'm a avid reader. I love children's books, love books of all kinds, but these three books do a great job helping give a synopsis of each book, what level they're really geared for. Whether your kid's in school, homeschool, it's a, they're just great resources. Yeah, because that's what we need. We need the list of, okay, so now what, you know, now we, your kids obviously can't read if, 
if the books in their bedroom are, you know, five years younger than their reading level, right. you know, right. so we have to shore that up. So, um, yeah. so that she, they get great authors and kind of not just specific books, but here's great series. Here's great authors and why. Um, so very good. I would also say one thing that I love about homeschooling is being able to focus on things like logic and reasoning and critical thinking. I personally believe that that is something missing in our traditional schools. We don't spend enough time teaching critical thinking skills, how to think, um, logic. So that is something we've made as a year-long subject this year for all three of my kids. Oh, wow. Um, and so things like that, when you homeschool, you can you know, kind of make those choices to spend your time that way. And so I love um, the introductory logic by Nansen Wilson, um, teaches them how to detect false reasoning, how to think. Oh. Um, and then the Critical Thinking Company does a great job with all kinds of different books that you can use for critical thinking skills. Those are great for parents in the summer, like when you want to give your kids something to do in the summer. That's not real heavy, but you know what? They don't get critical thinking skills too often. So why not give them something like that? They think they're kind of like puzzles and such, but they're using a part of their brain they're not normally using. Yeah. So I would highly recommend the critical thinking company. Um, and then history, we're using something called the mystery of history. And um, this is a great approach to tying kind of uh, what is happening in the world at a certain time period all across the world, because we tend to break it up and do American and world history and don't see how that all lines up. And so this curriculum actually says what is happening across the world um, during a certain time period. And then we're using the time to build a pretty in-depth uh, timeline. And I think that visual is something that helps make those connections for the kids. And, um, you know, in a traditional history course, that's a little harder to then take the extra time to do that. So yep. as we're at home, we're doing that. So. Yes. Well, I am just really fascinated with this whole idea that you have been able to um, move your learning offline. <laughs> I, I'm just so excited um, for your family and just for all the moms that are listening. It's given me even some really good ideas about um, how, how to do less, how to depend less on their screens, you know, for learning. And um, in fact, I'm thinking of one teacher I'm going to contact today. <laughs> Based <laughs> on some homework that happened last night that I feel like we need to move a little bit more of it, um, you know, in, in paper. I'm, I, the one final thing I'm going to say as far as a tip, and if you have a final tip, be thinking of that. But the one thing I'm going to say is um, it's really important to take the earbuds out of your kid's head. Oh, <laughs> when wow when they're doing their homework, because a lot of people think, oh, my kid needs music in order to do their homework. And I'm here to tell you, after four children, Annika has four, I have four, um, that, I mean, Annika, I don't know what your answer is to this. I haven't even taught you about this, but I think it's very distracting. I think that it's very hard, even if you have, you know, the classical music and all the excuses that we get, well, mom, the teacher said that I should listen. I still think there's something so distracting about that. So even if your child is on a screen, it's very important for you to take the headphones off and not let him do that because he can be totally listening to a movie on Netflix while he's thinking, or it looks like he's doing, you know, his history or something. And um, so that's my, my little feeble tip over here. Well, I would just say in response to that is, 
Yes, we really struggled with that during our quarantine time. And um, it just became no earbuds, but then I just left a good old fashioned radio playing with the classical music. And it was like, either yeah. you can have that in the background okay. or nothing. Yeah. And they chose that. And so, um, yeah. or, you know, we got to where, you know, one person would pick, you know, the music from, you know, a movie, the background, you know, music yes. of, of a movie. Yeah. And we would go with that. But yes, I agree with you. It can be extremely distracting. Yeah, I think in general, they have to have um, silence. And, and silence is very awkward for mm -hmm. kids. And especially teenagers, they get that where they don't want to be you know, silent and, but that's where the heavy learning is really gonna happen. Well, and, I, and to comment on that is, it is true there are some who are actually more distracted by silence. And so a background noise a noise helps yeah. them block out other noises. Okay. So that's where that maybe classical music quietly playing yeah. in the background is worth something or <laughs> even white but noise, yeah. turn on a fan. I mean, something, but they yeah. need some help with that blocking out. Yes. Um, so yeah, there is some truth to that. What they're listening to. You still have to monitor that. So any other tip? Do you have one more tip? Any other thing you want to say to final your, your final statement for the mom who is getting all excited about uh, this possibility of doing some homeschooling without a screen at all, this bold step in our current culture. Yeah, you know, I nothing is coming to mind as some amazing tip other than you, you do have the power to create a great positive learning environment. Mm -hmm. um, that's a challenge to me every day. You know, I can get caught up in the minutia and the details and the task of it. But really when it comes down to it, whether you're the mom that's welcoming your kid home from school or whether you're the mom that's sitting all day long with them, we do have power to create a really positive environment that they are in. And we can't control the one at school right. or on the sports team or whatever, but we can have this positive influence that we create, whether it's baking cookies when they come home, whether it's, um, you know, doing something to look forward to. Yes. One of my sons said, and here's, so here's an idea for homeschooling. One of my sons said, mom, could we please have something to look forward to every week? Like yeah. every Wednesday we do. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Why didn't I think of that? Like, that's terrible <laughs> that I did not come up with that. But yes, what are you thinking? And yeah. he said, like, could we just go have breakfast at Chick-fil-A Wednesday mornings? Like yeah. our family doesn't eat out a lot. So that is a big deal. And I said, you know what? Yeah, we can do that. That's we all need really something great. to look forward to. So yeah. maybe you create in your homeschool, in your afternoon, you know, homework session, something that yeah. your kids look forward to. That's, well, that, that's that, worth a lot. It's that tradition and it's that, um, it's very um, stabilizing and it's fun and they're right. They need a goal and they need to kind of have that reward. And I think that's great. I love it, it in the evening when my husband is able to sit down with the boys and help them with their math or their physics or something that I'm not really going to help them with. And it becomes really a fun thing. And um, I'm just thinking about last night, they were laughing so hard. It was just really fun. So, you know, learning never stops and um, it never ends. And parenting, of course, never ends. And um, we, I, I wish sometime the screens wouldn't end. <laughs> I don't think they're ending anytime soon. So thank you, Annika, so much for joining us. Um, we will pleasure. definitely have you back. I want to talk more about reading and because we, we both get so excited about that and how to really develop lifelong readers in your family. So I want to talk about that some more. But thank you for sharing all this stuff today. And um, everyone, if you have any questions, please just type them in the 
the, the, um, the post and let us know if you have any questions. Um, Annika will be happy to answer those for you or I will answer them for her because I don't think she's on social media. She's not <laughs> wasting her time <laughs> or, or I shouldn't say wasting. We love social media for the tool that it is, but um, she's not getting distracted. <laughs> so I'll say that. Um, so thank you for joining um, um, today, Annika. And everyone, thank you for listening. And remember that um, we have your back through this challenge. If you're taking the challenge and you're taking your week off of screens or your, your month off and you have your kids back. So um, remember to stay strong and come back and um, join us again next week.